You've got a passion for the outdoors, a desire to feel the warm sun on your face, the sound of your fly line whipping through the air, the pop of the water as the fish inhales the fly you just found in the floorboard of your truck. You need to feel the cool waters on your feet, the crisp north breeze of a November morning, the sound of a turkey gobble, the December rut, the chills of an elk bugle in September. It's the longing passion to chase your obsession. This is what we share. This is what we preach. Welcome to Honey Hole Hangout. It's always so awkward. Like, what do we, now that we're videoing, what do oh. we do while the intro's playing? <laughs> what do you mean? I, I, sit, I sit here and wonder what's going on with the, with the board. Are you really thinking about what's going on with the board? Uh -huh, no. What do you mean? No. What's, what's it doing? Nothing. Actually, I just watched to make sure, like, am I a heavy breather today? <laughs> you know? Sometimes it is. Sometimes during that intro, I'm like, why is my green line fluctuating? I'm not talking. It's, it's not your heart rate monitor. What do you worry about? <laughs> well, it should be it should be nothing. And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting here in quiet, and it's going with my breathing. I'm like, why is it moving at all? Oh. We missed you last week, Zach. <laughs> yeah, I missed being here. Yeah. I was, you know, getting my Miss Frizzle on. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you're done now, right? The I'm school bus, like, this has been a podcast adventure for... For, like, four months. For, like, four months. Yeah. Like, the school bus update. Yeah, I'm good. Yep. I can yep. put children behind me and drive everywhere. So. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take in total? Uh, okay, so I started June 3rd. And yesterday was officially the last thing I had to do. What was the thing you had to do? Uh, I had to have a lady, <coughs> super southern, like 75-year-old lady, read a book to me. Heavy smoker, I imagine. What? Uh, actually, <laughs> I don't know if she was or not. She told us she'd never touched anything. She was like, I've never touched a thing. you know. But she'd be like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to tell you that when you have children on your bus... That safety is priority. And I'm like, well, well, we took a test on this two months ago. But, yes, safety is the priority. And so it was funny, though, because I get there and I see all these tables and there's a book about 500 pages thick, like a big yellow book, you know, like school bus yellow. And she's like, and I'm like, where's the TV? Like the tables are just looking at one chair that's like there. And I know I have to be here for 20 hours over the next week, right? And uh, she sits down and she's like, all right, everybody. Turn to page one. And we open up. And she goes, on this page, we're just talking about safety. You sound like Mr. Garrison. Oh, man. That's how she talked, yeah. though. She's like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, now. Okay. Turn to page two. So we turn to page two. She'd be like, this page is about safety as well, but in this different way. Like, okay. All right. So you had to go through 500 pages? I had to go, yeah, for 20 hours. <laughs> yeah she was funny i mean like she she definitely like you know lifted my spirits with her humor but you know there's better ways to spend a few evenings yeah. drugs are bad okay <laughs> yeah. 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 she was like your life as you know it has is over <laughs> yeah tell me about it <laughs> well our guest today is ty welcome to the podcast ty Hey. We just met you hey, like Ty. we just met you like uh two weeks ago for yeah, the first time. Not very long. So Right. Already on the podcast. Got real recovery. So must yeah. know somebody. 
we were we were glad you were there. And you did a great job. Yeah, well, you know, I tried real hard, you know. So, <laughs> so you're gonna fit in just fine. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you listened to the last episode, the one that came out on Tuesday, right? Yeah. So we talked to uh, Ricky and Rodney about their experience on recovery. I don't want to do that for this whole episode, but I'm curious about what your experience was on the retreat. It was great. So I, I actually really. Uh... <laughs> Just do that. Actually, you're, you're like uh, like Ricky Bobby with your feet. <laughs> oh, that was my feet. <laughs> There's like tripods and all sorts of shit right here, and I keep anytime I put my feet down, Zach's camera moves. <laughs> That's an experience. Like, Sorry, Zach, Ty. Zach's Didn't having an earthquake. Uh, actually, Zach, now that I close those curtains, all behind he you, needs you to do, all I need you to all I need you to do is thing. move the tripod back to the other side so he can put his feet down. Oh, thank you. Yes. A little behind the scenes action. <coughs> Why are you, you making it closer. weird? <laughs> um, let, me, let me rearrange. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. That's, Perfect. Took everything you need to. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Ty. No, no. It's all good. Hey, is the angle good? Angle's great. You all look right. great. Perfect. That's what we were going smile for. F- smile at the camera. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But no, it was great. I loved it. So it was. Uh, what it was were your like, expectations going in? It was. It was kind of about the same. Okay. I hadn't done anything like that before, but I just assumed that it would be more of a. You know, you're going to be there. You want them to at least catch one fish, and mostly want you know just to listen, hang out with them. If they want to talk about the heavy stuff, listen. If they don't want to talk about the heavy stuff, and just hang out, have a good time. So, and that's kind of what my guy wanted to do. We didn't talk about, you know, any of, any of the camps or anything like that. It was just hanging out, talking about the birds, the fish, fly fishing. He was a actually really great learner. His casting was pretty good at the oh, end. Oh yeah. I remember. Yeah. So he was really good. <clears throat> There's other, a few guys who really learned how to cast. Mm-hmm. Well over yeah. The course of the weekend. I was really surprised, yeah. but other than that, it was great. I loved it. What was your favorite part of the retreat? Like your favorite moment of the retreat? Meeting me. It, it really was. You know? <laughs> I mean, just as, as soon as I as soon as I knew it, you know, we locked into each other's eyes, and I was yep, like, you know, perfect. this is it. I thought it would have been tying like, your first fly. That was that was awesome. <laughs> that was great. Now I own a vice and <laughs> materials. Okay. So. Wait, wait, what is that like? Two weeks? Yeah, a week? yeah wasn't even. I was I it. because like he came in today with like a whole freaking box. Full you of texted flies. me like two days after the retreat. Was yeah. like, I just I just bought a vice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what was that? That was a water bottle. That was my water bottle. Oh. And it scared the piss out of me. <laughs> it's also plastic, so it might have broke. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Yeti. It's, it's okay. They're wildly strong. Yeah, I was going to say, a bear <laughs> couldn't fun. even get into that water bottle. <laughs> 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 yeah. But no, the, the fly was great, but I think <clears throat> Monday I thought about it, and Tuesday I was like, fuck it. I'm, I'm getting a vice, and I'm yeah. just going to order... Materials. It so. was just a few days before you sent me a picture with your vice and all sorts of stuff. I was like, wow, yeah. okay, he was serious. Yeah, <laughs> what what vice did you get? I got a Regal Traveler. So. Nice. Yeah. And then <coughs> bought the little Loon Orvis tool little set. Kit. Yeah. Yep. That kit's nice. Going to have to get a bobbin because that bobbin's frustrating. But did you go with the green or the yellow? I went with the green. Nice. Nice. Got the Orvis discount, so figured why not just buy everything from Orvis. It's yeah. such an odd green that they chose. It's like. 
I it's like, like cute, it, but it's, it's like, like booger green. Yeah, <laughs> it's such yeah. a weird green. Yeah, it's so just. You think it, they would do like Orvis green, right? Like that foresty. Deep green. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. But nope. they're like, no, let's do booger. Yep. They're like, let's mix yellow and <laughs> shit green <laughs> to make even shittier green. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a cool color. Yeah. I think my I think my hair stacker is that color. Actually. He was just about to talk about how that's his favorite thing about it is the color. Yeah, it is. You know. Well, you know what? Lick it every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, since that booger oh, green. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool though. It's yeah. a good kit. It comes with everything. Yeah, it's got everything. You so. won't have to buy any tools for at least another week. Yeah, you know. Right. Before I'm already, you decide you, you, you want to try something weird well, and crazy and you buy this the the Orvis manager talks you into buying a razor blade holder that you used once and never never picked up again. Well I see all the videos I watched, no one uses a razor blade <laughs> I don't remember holder. That, so but <laughs> that probably happened. That was very pointed. He remembered that specifically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it did feel right like he'd been it, yeah, he'd been chewing on yeah, that for a while. Yeah, yeah, like was, the second it, it comes was, up it was be like pent oh. up it was some pent up resentment <laughs> resentment there. Oh man. Oh, don't wait. buy a razor blade holder, it's not worth Is it. Is that the thing that that curves it? Yeah. Dude, yeah. and if you Okay, so if you want to get that blade to bend like the shape, like the the right shape for a bait fish head or something, right? Mm-hmm. If you bend that or if you twist that until it bends the blade that that far, the blade flies across the room. It's gone. Do you wear goggles? No. Wow, that's, oh, that's dangerous, I never, man. <laughs> yeah, I never used it again after that. It's like no. Nope. Oh, it did it once. <laughs> You're no. like, yeah, never again. Never <laughs> again. Yeah, I don't blame you. Never again. I've got it though, in case I ever need it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Ty. Oh no, you're good. <laughs> We've said that uh, like six times. I, I <laughs> listen to the, I listen to the podcast, so I know how this goes. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, no need to apologize. <laughs> but I don't know uh, if that's a good thing. Or a thing. <laughs> Outside of the, the tying my first fly and getting a new hobby, along with you know adding to the other fly fishing stuff, uh, probably seeing him catch his first fish and it being a guad that was cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean that, that, if he's going to catch and it was the only fish he caught. He lost a catfish and probably like four perch, but the the guad was cool. And uh, when I asked him about his favorite part of the retreat, and he said meeting me, that was also pretty cool. That made you feel real nice. So yeah, choke back a little bit. So oh man, yeah. this one this, was it. It was it, hard. it yeah man. yeah. I I connect yeah. What really about well. what about you? Because you weren't here last week. So what was your impression of this retreat? And your guy was just killing it. Oh man, I had first fish a cichlid. Also, I was jealous. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't make his head any bigger than it already is. <laughs> He's already like the the rising star at real recovery. <laughs> I I I hit it. I connect well with all of my participants, um, but this retreat, I feel like I just we really did. We had a lot in common. We loved. We talked about baseball. We talked about Zelda because he was playing Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh so really? I walked, he was an older guy. Too. I walked him through a couple of levels. Like, hey, this is what you need to do to beat this boss, you know. And so uh, that was cool. But he also like, I feel like out of everybody there, he wanted to fish. Like he was like, I'm here. We're gonna have a good time, and I'm gonna fish. And so um, he caught a couple cichlids. He caught a couple guads. A couple. He caught a largemouth bass. Like. The only thing that he wanted to catch was a carp, and I was like, I've been fishing for carp several times. I haven't even caught one, you know. And uh, I get the one of them dumb Lubbock carp. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's my plan. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Gotta go see a tech game, dude. Just those catch things, a carp. Ne- yeah. <laughs> the pond, the Lubbock oh, yeah. carp. The, the only, the only carp I've ever caught was in Lubbock. Was dumb, in Lubbock, and they were all stupid. That's what I need to do. <laughs> uh, but then the uh, the the closing ceremony this time really just, dude. 
It was like uh, oh. I've never been as emotional as I was this time. Like my participant came up to me and he was just like, really, just like thank you so much. Like I had getting to know you was fantastic. And then he started like choking back tears, and I started choking back tears. I'm like, oh god, I'm like man, we're gonna make it through this today. All right, but um, <clears throat> it was really good. Well, I even even I don't know about I don't remember you what you were saying, but even like I wasn't with the participant this time, and even I was like. Fighting it, I had to turn around and take a few steps away because it was, holy shit, man! Yeah, it was intense. It really was. I don't know. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it, good, good, but it mm. is different <coughs> being on the obviously on the coordinator side. But it's like, you know, watching your children grow up, kind of yeah. like yeah. Ty and his buddies over here crying, Zach and his buddies <laughs> over here ty- crying. <laughs> so now I'm crying because all my little birdies are like, <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> 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 they also got rods on this retreat, which isn't normal. So yeah. that also was like kind of was I think that was it a big oh, deal because yeah. that was because some guys yeah. were like Bass Pro Shop better be open on the way home because I'm buying oh, a yeah. fly rod and where everybody like all the fishing buddies are like little do you know you're getting a fly yeah. rod at the end yeah. of this yeah. thing yeah <laughs> Dude. he was putting it together. Oh yeah, they Did were you putting guys, it yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> he literally started. got it and was like how do we put this together? He was like at the top. I'm going to the river right now with my hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. My guy told me he bought wading socks the second he got back. And, and <laughs> this was the first one where, like, several participants came from out of state. And so it was cool that. Oh, you had. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was from uh, Nevada. Yeah. Okay. I, I was trying. He <laughs> was playing Zelda. Really? Yeah. Dude, what the hell? Yeah. I yeah. wouldn't have even pictured yeah, that. Yeah, we were talking about Zelda, and I he, was, was, he played a little bit of Animal Crossing, so we were talking about that, what? too. Yeah, I was trying yeah, to remember, never, you said he was playing Tears of the Kingdom. I was like, who was Never would have pictured that. What? No, right? <laughs> no, you have his I, number? Really I, didn't even, I, didn't, I, do, I didn't even bring it up, because I'm like, oh, there's no way. And like we're talking about, like, oh, what do you do? And he's like, well, I also play some games. I was like, you do? I was like, what do you play? He's like... Right now I'm playing uh, Tears of the Kingdom. I was like, no way. I was like, I just Great beat that two taste. weeks ago. That's man. so cool. Great I taste. know. So yeah, that was it. Was really really cool for for the people listening. This this man was probably what seventy five. Yeah, maybe? probably. Yeah. He yeah. was an older guy, and yeah. he, he not somebody you would peg for a Nintendo Switch owner. No, but also he was like his wife made him leave it at home. That was he was focusing <laughs> on the <weekend>. Classic. <laughs> oh, that's classic. Classic wife. Classic wife. That's <laughs> so yeah so that was (laughs) that was pretty great (laughs) man that's cool i wish i would have known that yeah at the time like i said we just we hit it off we we texted a little bit since then too and yeah and that's also what i like i mean my guy was he was in shirts we're gonna whenever he's ready to go fishing again we're gonna go fishing pick him up and guess just go to guad nice he was really interested in cichlids so i told him Got some some spots that isn't far from his house at all. So right well, and don't say where, but you drove home from the retreat and stopped and caught some cichlids on the way yeah. home. So, oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. So, Tell us about it without you know telling us about it. Yeah. So whenever I probably wouldn't have needed to do it, but whenever your guy caught the cichlid, uh-huh. I was like, because that's my that's like my passion. That's fish your go to, right? Yeah. yeah. Like you know, fuck everything else. Give me my th- <laughs> give me my three weight <laughs> perch and cichlids, and I'm just. I'm happy for yeah. for the rest of time, and so stopped in, you know, on the way back, uh, spot that I go to often because it's not far from my house, and caught a bunch of real small ones. Didn't see a lot of the larger cichlids that I usually do, but then right when I was going to leave, 
I saw some shadows kind of along a rocky bank, and I was like, I think that's cichlids. So threw some flies in there, but every time they dropped to the bottom, they would just stop touching it. So I put on a little hopper dropper, and then next cast, I caught that big one. And he was probably like 10 and a half inches. I, I don't ever have a tape on me, yeah. but he was... I pulled him up out of the water. I was like, holy fuck, that's a big cichlid. <laughs> so is that your biggest cichlid? I think so. Ooh, I, I've caught a, a couple of, of big cichlids, but <clears throat> that's the that's the first cichlid I've had that has the nice pronounced hum. Oh, and, yeah, nice. And everything like that. So, yeah, that was great. That's awesome. And I, I slid down the rocks and threw them in my net. <laughs> yeah. And then some heavy breathing and excitement. <laughs> and, then I, and, then I, and then I took my photo, let him go, and then I was like, okay, we're going to end here. Yeah. I'm just going to walk <laughs> back to the truck. All right, that's the best yeah. way to end it, right? Yeah. Like, okay. It's not going to get better than that today. I did see an apple snail, though, and I couldn't Ooh. get to it to kind of kill it, and that kind of yeah, bothered me a little bit. What okay, so, do with it again? yeah, we talked about this with it when we had uh, San Antonio River. River Authority on, the apple snails. So, But you're, and you work in conservation. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about apple snails and what you need to do. So I don't know much about them because I'm more of a rangelands and kind of upland habitat guy. So I don't know, and that's kind of why I love fly fishing so much is because I can go into the river and I don't have to think about work because it's uh, it's like my little escape. But what I do know about them is if you see their little little eggs on the side of a boulder, squish that shit down. Now, are you supposed to put it in the water or it's just squish it? I, everything I've read, you can just squish it down. Okay. But if you put them in the water uh, at a certain color, it's okay. They'll, it'll kill and suffocate like if the they're eggs. bright pink or whatever. Uh, when, well, when they're the brighter pink, they're closer to hatching. Really? So if you drop them in the water when they're the bright pink, based hatch. off what I read, they'll just still hatch. Yeah. And nothing can really eat them is my understanding because the eggs have kind of a coating on them. That kind they're kind of, of toxic. Yeah, and they're, they're, and they're toxic. toxic. They're so. toxic. So don't eat them either. It's not. It's not caviar. So yeah, <laughs> <It's bright laughs> bubble they look delicious, like strawberry flavor. Oh, yeah, they that, do. That, yeah, that right. Bubble gum caviar. Yeah. You know. Hubble <laughs> <laughs> bubble. I heard some people will take like a, a broom <laughs> pan and scrape them off like into a bucket if they're just like, oh, I'm just gonna remove apple snails all day. They just yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't, and now like killing them. I don't know how hard it is to kill them, but. I saw him come up on a rock and then shot up a little thing so he could breathe out the water. I tried to hook him with my fly, and then I was going to just spike him down on the concrete. But, uh, yeah, I, could, I couldn't get him. So. Mm. Yeah. But I've there seen was some out there like softballs. They're huge. Yeah, like it was the, about. Yeah, they're massive. I mean, oh, it's a podcast, but I guess like, you know. Well, you're on camera. Oh, yeah. yeah like <laughs> that big. <laughs> but. Uh. But yeah, yeah, was, <clears throat> I squished about two or three nests also, or egg sacs, whatever they are. So, but yeah, that's kind of frustrating because that's kind of my favorite little spot. Nice, right close to the house, and seeing them there, it just kind of sucks. So, yeah. Um, how far? How close to the house? It's about an hour. So, okay, yeah. So not 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 too far, but yeah, because you're in um, Carn City. Yeah, yeah. So and and I drive a lot for work anyway. So an hour to me is driving like, is nothing. Yeah, that's nothing. Yeah. So. I may have to go visit like a landowner and be on the road for three hours, talk for two hours, get back on the road for three hours, and that's like my day. So. Mm. A lot of honey hole hangout. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Lots of podcasts, audio books. Not as much music anymore, just because I don't know, just get to a point where sometimes music makes you tired. Yeah. yeah. 
I feel that. So, I listen yeah. to a lot of talk radio and podcasts yep. and yep. music. Yep. I have to like want music. Like I, w- I have to be in like a really hyped up mood to listen to music. Yeah. For me, if I'm traveling, like <coughs> the, the cutoff is like about my time to work. I'll listen to music, which is about 20 minutes or less. I'll choose music. Any more than 20 minutes, it's got to be a podcast or something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I go, through, I go through phases, but like I haven't lived in, I've, I have to choose one podcast a week to listen to because I don't have time anymore. Yeah. To, to, you know. Yep. Have you guys, uh, have you been fishing lately or you been fishing? Mm-mm. No. Not since real recovery. You've been tying? Every day. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to ask me what I've been tying? Because I don't feel like answering that question. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to answer that well, question? Well, now. Like, <laughs> they have to ask. Yeah, I'm, now I'm, I, now yeah. I want to know. I will say the thing you posted today, look, that looked nasty. pretty cool, was, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd eat it if I was a carp. But. I wouldn't. There's a hook. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've just been. It'll rest out. Playing yeah. Playing with carp flies, mops. I've been playing with mops. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I saw yeah. your little thing on it. <clears throat> trying to justify it. Yeah. Making, I, felt, I felt good about it. I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, every fly needs a mop now. Yeah. yeah. I thought about like commenting on there just to stir it up a little bit and be like, you call yourself a fly tire. You should <laughs> have. You should have. You should have. People. Just, uh, dude, okay. So. People will eat that up. We we yeah. well, we know it's a joke, but yeah. it'll it'll get the. Yeah, people get excited about yeah, it. Yeah, people get excited about it. Stir it up. I had I posted a picture of a carp or something the other day and and <clears throat> I think I asked in the in the caption like do people see carp as trash still whatever and somebody called it a redfish I won't mention names but somebody called them said if they were in the saltwater they'd be redfish and that started a little <laughs> a little sub thread there uh, yeah people it's pretty now, easy were to they, get them fired up were they really like oh man no like the salt just turns their scales red or were they making no, they a were, statement of they like were saying they're the same thing. Oh. Like carp and redfish, oh. you fish them the same way, which I believe so. I mean, yeah, actually, I mean, I get it. Yeah, to to piss some people off, redfish are easier than carp. Oh yeah, oh one hundred percent. Yeah, who is that going to piss off? That's just straight you'd be facts. Su- you'd yeah. be surprised. I've caught a lot of redfish, <coughs> and I've only been a camp <laughs> five times. Yeah. Dude, I've never caught a carp. Dude, I've, I've landed more. a cast three feet behind a redfish. And they turn it's around turned around and, and smoked yeah. it. Yes, and yeah. if you land, uh, you know, a carp flight. Behind the carp, it's gonna spook. Oh yeah! No, so it's, it's just well, like you know, not really. But redfish are more aggressive. Yeah, hundred percent. So much easier. Well, maybe if you're like Odom or or you know somebody, you can throw to a carp anywhere. But well, you know, yeah. Every time I throw one, it's behind them. I just yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's see, gone. so the 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 best the the ideal way. Believe it or not, the the easiest way to hook a carp is actually cast past them, land behind them, drag it to where it'd be in front of their face, and let it fall directly in front of their face. It's called a drag and drop. That's like the best way to do it. The easiest way to do it, <coughs> I think. You boys, everybody, y'all hear, heard it here first. What? You could have charged for that tip. Yeah. You didn't have that's to give that like freely. A, that's not like a secret just thing. You didn't have free. You didn't have to freely that's give like, that advice. Look up. Okay, go to Google and type <laughs> in drag and drop carp. Dude, I'm telling you. That's Does anything like, happen if you do that? Huh? Does anything happen? Yeah, the Google logo turns into a carp. Ooh. Ooh. You know what it was today? Hmm? You know the Google logo I was saw today? it, but at work because I'm on Google all the time. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I didn't – I never think to process what I'm seeing. I was like, oh, that's interesting, and then just completely moved past yeah, it. Was it was the 25th well, anniversary of Google. 
So what a oh, that's why a five was in there. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was like it was good twenty five goal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's what it was nice. today. So it was exciting. How's uh football? Uh we lost yesterday. Hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. We're actually <laughs> talking about him coaching. Oh, this is okay. Oh, okay. This yeah. is this isn't just like Yeah. You know. So uh, they lost their games yesterday and last week. One team loss. Um, just at this point, uh, I mean, like kids get sick this time of year, like left and right, and so like our starting quarterback was out sick yesterday, and so um, make him play through it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but uh, and so we were relying on our backup quarterback, and just a lot of like the arm strength just wasn't quite there. You know what I mean? And so like there was like a couple plays where we could have. Like, like he had it at the receiver, and the receiver caught it, but he caught it low, and so he had to kind of fall on it when he caught it. And so we got the yards, but we didn't get, like, the touchdown that we would have, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then uh, I did say fart in front of my kids the other day, so that was exciting. We're doing a, uh, a fan cart lab where we're taking fan carts, and we're, like, running them into each other, right, to demonstrate unbalanced and balanced forces. And I was like, okay, everybody, uh, observe your fart, you know, instead of saying fan cart. And oh, you probably got some, some sixth graders. I don't know if laugh. you've ever said the word fart out loud in front of 12-year-olds, but um, we didn't do anything for the next six minutes. Was It, <laughs> it was a riot. <laughs> you caused an uproar. Yeah, yeah. Did Netflix reach out for a comedy <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like immediately I said it, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to sit down. <laughs> so... <laughs> No, it was good though. Uh, <coughs> let's discuss Ironfly because I think this is the last podcast that will come out before Ironfly. Maybe Ironfly is in three weeks. I, I can pull up the calendar and look, oh, but this three is weeks? Mm-hmm. No. roughly. I gotta get started on some stuff then. Yeah, Are yeah. You so does uh, Bimini Rods. Are you gonna compete? To, I need to hit him up. Actually. Uh, I was thinking about it now, but I. Have got some tying practice in, you but I to. also you am should. donating hey. some leather goods. So, oh yeah, well we know some people who are tying who have never tied a fly before in their life. So, and maybe I'll win that belt buckle for the beginner class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> don't practice too hard. Just yeah, yeah, yeah so maybe I need to lay off bump now. You up in the next one. <laughs> yeah, no sand, no sandbagging. <laughs> <laughs> the hats look cool. Yeah, so we ordered our hats. They're uh, for all the uh, young people out there. That are our age that like rope hats. We we ordered rope hats. You know what? So it's not the, exactly. I'm gonna if stop you, see, you. If you see Zach right now in his hat, yeah, Zach's down. hat. There was a, an older gentleman playing Zelda at Real Recovery, yeah, so I don't think it's a younger folk thing necessarily. True, but he wasn't wearing a hat like yours. I don't know. I have a feeling maybe nobody gave him one. That's actually a good point. Yeah, yeah. I have a it. feeling we might get some complaints about the hats. Why? Why? We'll Why? see what happens. Because they're burnt orange. Not I mean, from our age. If you don't like it, don't buy it. Not What's, from our you know? age. Because they're burnt orange? No. That's my complaint. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't bother me that much because it's not like that burnt. It's not like the UT no, burnt orange. I tell myself it's the San Francisco Giants colors. And so I'm good Oh, there it. you go. You know yeah. I mean? Nice. Nice. Uh, no, but people. Somebody's gonna complain about everything. If we go yeah, dad hat, that. then the younger people complain. Yeah. Uh. You know, if we go trucker hat, then everybody complains because those are those are kind of done right now. You know. And so if we go this hat, I like this hat though. I'm a huge. I love uh, the nylon style yeah. it's in right now. They're oh, yeah. comfortable. Yeah, they like, are. I'm, a, I'm a new nice. convert to the new rope nylon hats. Right? I was totally against them. 
even I bought one and wore it, and I was like, okay, never mind. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe, right? maybe yeah. everybody has a point. Right, exactly. You wear it, you're like, I get it. I get yeah. it now. Yep. So let's uh, actually, please, one of y'all fill the airtime real quick while I look at something. Do what? What are we supposed to do? Fill the airtime. Fill the airtime. Does that mean speak? Like yeah, talk, yeah. talk, talk. Hey, yeah, did you guys uh, hear about the uh, the seminar on diarrhea? Nope. No. Yeah, it runs through Friday. <laughs> it runs through Friday. <laughs> I don't get it. The seminar about diarrhea. Yeah. Right. It runs it through Friday. Runs through Friday. What is Friday? Did, did have you to take do an emodium before <laughs> this? Because, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me see. Let's try a new one. All right. So <laughs> Wait. Hey, no, I got oh. the run part, but what is Friday? Is Friday part of the joke? I don't get it. Because it's a day. It runs through tomorrow. Wait, yeah. okay, I I, maybe I'm just not to that age yet. Yeah, to where uh, dumb jokes are funny. I don't know. All right. yeah. Okay. There's, there's, <laughs> there's two olives on the table. <clears throat> One rolls off the table. The other olive goes to the edge and looks over and says, "Hey, are you all right?" And the olive responds, "Olive." You done? You out? That that it? Hey, I got one for you as you're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call an animal with two gray legs and two brown legs? What? An elephant with diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely a sixth grade teacher. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> I thought that one was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, you, your turn. Okay, you you yeah, we've Mr. all presented, High, Mr. Highbrow. Yeah, Mr. Highbrow, we've all presented. <laughs> let's let's hear it. The let's hear only it. good joke I know takes about five minutes to tell, and it's really dirty. The aristocrats? No. Oh, that's <laughs> the dirtiest joke I know. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> oh no no no! You don't understand. It is too dirty for the podcast. This is after yeah. podcast material. Yeah, it is after podcast. If material. you would like to hear the joke, you can subscribe to our <laughs> premium. <laughs> you can subscribe to our premium like, content. I, I can start it, but the car's gonna be bleeping every other word. <laughs> yeah. You know? No, I can't. We get tell canceled my joke. in for, three different cultures. For fifteen ninety nine a month, you can subscribe to our extra content. <laughs> Here's the next joke. <laughs> Subscribe to our Only Flies. <laughs> only the, Flies, yeah. The Aristocrats is like a known joke. It's known for being really dirty. So I bet you there are people out there who know what the Aristocrats is. I don't is. know that one. I don't know that one either. Yeah, no, yeah. it's 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 awful. But you don't have a good dad joke or nothing like that? Nope. No? Oh, come on. You got one? What the, what the Not bison that I like. say to its son before it left for college? What? Bison. bison. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Landon, do you have any ibuprofen? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have any. Okay. No dad jokes. Back to the Ironfly. So what I wanted to do is talk about all of our sponsors who are donating to our event. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. I like that idea. Because give them a shout out because they're either donating their time and or their money, basically, that's going to be going to Real Recovery. So let's start with our first sponsor, Ty is making oh. a donation to Real Recovery. Yeah. Will so, you talk about it? Yeah, so uh, the other thing that I do is we run a small little leather company, kind of on a break right now, but uh, Turkey Foot Leather Works. You can find it on Instagram. But donating a DOP kit, and then hopefully, depending on if the vision inside my head works out great, either a Guadalupe Bass-themed 
custom dyed back kind of bifold, like a minimalist bifold or a cichlid dyed. Ooh, that would like either of those <clears throat> would be sick. Now it may end up I have a picture in my head. I don't know if I can accomplish that yeah. with leather dye, but if not, it might just become very abstract. Yeah. So what what was the first thing you said? A little dop kit, like a little toiletry bag. Oh, okay, okay. So like what like what I showed y'all at the at Real Recovery. Yeah. I might use that. You know, I've got a real nice brand name one. Uh, it's actually re- it's called Ziploc. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> quality. It is a brand name. Quality. <laughs> yep. Yep. Definitely not store brand. <laughs> that's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> the freezer one? No, that's cool though. That's yeah, why. I yeah. Is it, that's. Is I was it the slide zipper yeah, or exactly. is it the? Oh, oh, yeah. Listen, I got pills to pay. <laughs> 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 no, but that explains why I had no idea what that thing was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Not that high, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a little toiletry bag and then some kind of custom minimalist bifold. I'm going to go with the fish theme and may even do like a custom stamped little snap bracelet that just says real recovery on it. Hey, just that'd, be cool. nice nice. Little, Oops. that'd be cool. Little ad. Yeah, that'd so. be cool. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Turkey foot leather works. Right so. on. Well, I'm curious, turkey foot, is there any reason for that? Anything behind that name? Yeah, so in uh, college, uh, me and my fiance, then girlfriend, we both worked on the same uh, kind of undergrad research project looking at uh, wild turkey movements and translocations and evaluating okay. habitat and stuff, <clears throat> so... Was that in Junction? Just curious. No, it was not. It was in, uh, so I went to Kingsville, so it was in deep south Texas. So it was like in Mm. the, we did some stuff in Brownsville, some stuff in uh, Zapata, Hebronville, uh, Benavidez. So majority of it, though, was done in Hebronville. Cool. And that's where the the maker's mark comes from also. So when a big old gobbler steps down in like some sand or some mud, you get the Mm -hmm. the little spur track in the back. So... That's cool. I like I like it when uh, when companies have actually a reason for their name. They yeah. just didn't think it sounded Even cool. All the products are uh, named after native South Texas wildlife or plants nice. or like uh, iconic locations like Baffin Bay or something like that. So that's, that's really cool. cool. Oh, like that's that. awesome. I like so that. It gives a, a nice little nice little personal touch to yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks for your donation. Yeah, well, I really appreciate it. Glad to do it. I hope hope it brings in well because real recovery is just like I said. I, whenever you need me, I plan to be there. So that Sweet. was just the coolest experience ever. It only gets cooler from so, here. Yeah, <laughs> promise. You got a package in the mail recently. You want to talk about that donation? Yeah, thanks, Matt Bennett, for some badass saltwater flies. We got, I don't know, like. Six or eight crab patterns, and there was oh, one other is, one. Is it, it the boxy posted on Instagram? Yes, sir. Because I was yeah. eyeing that, and I was wondering if it was for, yep. oh, was yeah. for the Iron oh, Fly. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we could show you after. It's here. Yeah. yeah uh, six Exclusive. or eight crab patterns <laughs> and like a... In, in a uh, Behind the scenes. <laughs> there's a good, there was a good number of flies in there. Was the nine fly, there's nine is flies there nine? in the box. I okay. think it is. I think it's... I couldn't remember if it was nine or twelve. Three, three, three. It's either three, three, three or four, four, four. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Anyway, it's a good, a good assortment. And... It's got a sticker, Matt. If you listen to this, please send me one of those stickers. He has card. Cool stickers. He's got. He's like throwing his flies like a dealer. Like it's really yeah. badass. I want one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we got we got that, and then we've got uh, 
as far as I know, Bimini is still making us a rod. Yep, I uh, messaged him the other week. Or okay, the other day you for did? his logo. I was, I was Why I I messaged him for the logo for his business logo, um, so we can put it on a poster. And uh, I was just checking, and he's like, he said he was about to get it started. Cool. cool. So, and then I think I'm gonna I'll double check with him, but I think Chris Ditch Fishing Flies. I think he was gonna because he's gonna judge, but I think he's gonna donate some flies as well. Okay, that would be sweet. I think nice. I'll double check with him. Yeah, follow up with me on that because yeah. I need to get his logo and everything on the. Yep. Poster ASAP. So, um, Dale. Oh. oh, go ahead. Oh, you go. Uh, Dale White, who made our knives that we had made a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, out of the, he did the green and yellow honey hole color knives for us. He made a rainbow trout themed knife. That thing is so awesome. It's sweet. Yeah. It's sweet. So, custom knife maker value at about 250 bucks. So, it's, it's a really, really nice knife. And, um, <clears throat> Loon donated to us. Yep. Loon has shout out to Loon because Loon has like sponsored the podcast before. And, you know, anything that we do, they're always jumping on donations to help us out. So really appreciate Loon. And you just got some nice yeah, new I just Loon got some tools. Nice new Loon tools. They're yeah. very nice. Yeah. Yep. No complaints. So. Nope. Not even the color. No. Nice color. <laughs> uh tell us about the donation from uh Royce. I was just trying to remember what brand that pack was. But uh, Patagonia. Patagonia, yeah. So they sent a Patagonia waste pack uh, and a Dr. Slick tying tool set. Yep. Nice. And nice. Smith, yeah. a pair of Smith sunglasses. Yeah. Oh, very nice. No yeah. way. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, they hooked it up. Yeah. yeah they were great. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that stuff. I think everybody's – I think we've got some good prizes. Yep. Yeah. Good donations. Oh, yeah. Them. Yep. Remote Designs is donating some packs. Nice. Uh, uh, waterproof, some waterproof packs. And cool. I don't know. Cool. I don't know exactly what they <coughs> they make. Waterproof backpacks and duffels. Yep. So I don't know what the combination of those are going to be, but they're going to make a donation of some waterproof gear. I've so actually awesome. got a remote designs the roll top backpack. I've got it headed my way. I've heard people like pretty it. quick. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Did you order one or what? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Roll top. So that's, you know, roll top, I, I'm on the fence about roll top. With some things, they're great. With other things, they're, you know, it's kind of hard to get down in there. But I think, I like, I really like the design they have on their bags. Yeah. I like that the, it's, it, they put some thought into it. And. And got some padding the on there. price point. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. What? Is. And actually, I think right now they're on sale for like $100. Because I was on the website very recently, and I think they're on sale for like, now that could have changed by the time this comes out. Now that I think about it, maybe we should cut that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it in. Go check yeah. their website. Yeah, yeah. yeah, go check their website anyway. Go Even then, they're, they're only like a hundred and yeah thirty bucks. It's a or very whatever. it's a very uh, affordable waterproof pack if you're yeah. in the market for one compared to the major yeah. ma- major brands. Oh yeah, yeah, they're sweet and, and they, they look, look good. good. They look mm-hmm. clean. They look yeah, really good. Oh, very yeah. clean. Yeah. Uh, got some accessory loops on the outside, and I think there's a. Uh, I don't know if it was designed specifically for this or if it just works, but there's a, a net holder off to the side of it too. Oh, nice! Yeah, I've at least saw pictures of people putting their their long handled nets in there. So sweet! I didn't know they were sending us some stuff. So another donation is uh, Bimini Rods. Mm-hmm. Is he? We had him on the podcast a couple episodes ago. Yep. Um, they are donating a real recovery themed. Custom fly rod, yeah, which is going to be sweet. Uh, Fatty's on the fly. 
is sending us a guided trip. Oh, very so nice. So you guys can... Uh, how are they going to keep him alive in the box? There's my dad joke. <laughs> Ty liked it. I got you. <laughs> I'll give you a little chuckle for that one. Uh, oh, so they're sending a guide in the box? Yeah, they're sending a guide. Yeah, yeah, Forget I it. it. I, I tried, it. all right? I Jesus, it. keep you going. Know what? Hey, keep going. Hey, you know keep what? Going. That was pretty good. No, like it wasn't. It. I like... Hey, good job. Whatever, that was dude. Good. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> so, yeah, Fatty's on the fly, guided trip. So, they're... Uh, Awesome group of, of guys. Grant recently went out there with them up oh and fished the Brazos. <laughs> I freaking killed it. Killed it, dude. <laughs> if, if you're not aware, they caught like 138 carp that trip. Like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Oh God. Just it was like ridiculous. an insane number. Yeah. It was That's Buffalo, crazy. too. Buffalo yeah. and, oh, my. Big bass. I'm jealous. It was cool. Uh, was I don't think trip? that was that trip. Different the big trip. bass was like. This past trip. This, this past, past And it was not that far away. Gotcha. I don't think it was as far away as. The Brazos. No. Yeah. No, it was not that far away. Yeah. But, uh, um, Wildlife Outdoors, those guys have a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and they donated, well, number one, they made a direct donation to Real Recovery. Very cool. So they put money straight into Real Recovery's pocket. And then they also, on top of that, donated some TFO rods oh, awesome. and a reel. So Very cool. we'll probably we'll probably do like a, the like a rod and reel combo for one, and then probably do the rod in another raffle. But we'll have some rods there as well. Um, also, what's up, Jose? Yeah, what's up, Jose? <laughs> I'm gonna run into one of those guys this weekend at the uh, Texas Roundup. So yeah, I went to I'll school with Jose. Time. So yeah, oh nice, awesome. They're good. You dudes. got all yeah. sorts of connections yeah. in this world, huh? I don't know about that, but. <laughs> <laughs> In our little niche, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I mean. In this world, and by that I meant the fly fishing world. The Texas, the central, never mind. Central Texas yeah. fly fishing community. This area code. You got all sorts of connections. and You know the people yeah. who are at Fly Tie Night. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Orvis <laughs> do- made a donation, and they donated a Helios 3. That's pretty cool. Saltwater 6 weight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And if you don't like that model and you want an eight weight, you can take it into the store and exchange it for the model that you want. Oh, I was already cool. told that you can do that. that so, so if you want a ten weight, you want a five weight, whatever, you can ultimately get the rod that you want. We question no question statement. We should they need uh, we should figure out how they can prove that they won that in the raffle. It doesn't matter. S- Okay, so if you bring a new Orvis Helios rod in and say I would like to exchange this, they oh, yeah, will. Yes, you're right. They will. Or it's it's yeah. pretty chill. Okay, it's pretty chill. That. But yeah, you can as long as it's new and you haven't fished it, it's still new in the tube. You can go swap it out for for what you want. So, um, and Ty came up with a great idea on how to how we're gonna raffle that off with a little fifty two with a deck of cards. Yeah. I think is what we're gonna do. So usually works out. Pretty I've been good. a part of those too. They do them at my uh, work conference every year, and it's really cool because what they'll do is be like they draw the card. And then everybody like, okay, if you have a card, if you have a card, stand up. Okay, if you have diamonds, you can sit down. So they oh, like, like that. Oh, slowly, they slowly Slow eliminate the group until you get to the winner. So nice. you can mess around and have fun with yeah. that too. So uh, I've never seen a deck of cards not sell out. It's you know, like the whole competitive side. Like, yeah, like you know, yeah. there's only yeah. so many. So you're exactly. like, I really, really feel like I got to get in on it. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Now, do you draw another card? 
like you have like two decks and be like, okay, so this is like this is yeah. the draw pile. This is the yeah. But that's that's what I've seen them do is they yeah. have like you have a deck that you don't that you just keep and then you mm-hmm. give. So are we you saying pay that for the <coughs> other deck? You have to be there if you if you yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would now, say so. Now we're gonna do that at the end of the night, so they can leave and come back. Oh my gosh! Please don't, dude. What? <laughs> No, they can leave and come back. The people who buy the cards. Oh, yeah. I thought you were making commentary about a meeting that we were in. I don't even know what you're talking you about. You don't know what Just, I'm talking about? No. You were there. Woo! That doesn't with, mean with I was the, paying attention. With the questions. Oh, no. You were, you were aware. Oh. Uh, no, because I was thinking, Never like, mind. if we don't require people to be there, they could always just sign their card with their phone number and then throw that in the pile. But that's not as fun for the standing up situation. I agree. No, I agree. I think it should be if you, like, for that, you have to be present. You don't have to be there all day. That's also a very special raffle. There's yeah. only right. X amount of cards. Yeah, right. But you, can can say, show, you can show up and, and get your card. And at and then 7 you can o'clock, go, we're going to do it or whatever it is. Yeah, then you, you know? can go do whatever you're going to go do as long as you're back by that time. And if you're not there, what do we do, like a five-minute window? Ten minute. Window. I wouldn't even give him that one. No, no. Be, uh, be just, present to win. Yeah, maybe thirty seconds or a minute. Like at we're, seven o'clock, this, we're doing this. Drawing. This isn't a two day event or anything like that where there's a lot going on. This is like a yeah. two to <clears throat> nine p.m. event. So if, I feel like if you're going to the event, you're going to the event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, but I'm saying like, okay, if we tell them they can leave and come back, be there at seven. Do we factor in maybe give them like, all right, we're drawing at seven. If you're not there within five minutes, we're redrawing. No, no. no. We're, we're drawing. We're, we're drawing in our mid thirties. Yeah, we're, 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 like, drawing we're drawing at, at seven. seven. You're not there at it's seven. seven. You're drawing I, another card. I agree. Mm, we are all adults. We can <laughs> be there at seven. <laughs> no, like from Wet Hot American Summer, they're like, no, we're all gonna be in our mid thirties you know, by that time. I just want to say, we say seven <clears> means seven. You told me you were gonna be here today at seven, and you were not here at seven. Yeah, I hit traffic. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you were here before me. But However, yeah, I that, said I was going to be right. here at 7.15, and I pulled in at 7.15. I will say, when I got in my truck and put it on the GPS, I was supposed to get here at, like, 6.58. Yep, and what did not happen? Traffic. <laughs> no, <laughs> traffic <laughs> did <laughs> happen. <laughs> I even had to stop in the H-E-B parking lot and make my picks before 7.15. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I did. I checked. I was like, oh, it's 7.11, and I, and I get these in by nice. 7.15. So. I don't know what that is. No. <sighs> okay. It's well, okay. It's okay. I feel good not knowing what that is because I know it, what it has yeah, to do with. What does it have to do with? Some kind of sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, I assume you're, fantasy football. Yeah, actually, okay. yeah. yeah. There we go. You wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> we don't have to talk about it anymore. No. It's okay. okay. It's okay. We'll move along. To the next donation <laughs> is Green Outfitters. What are they donating? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> they said, they told me that I could pick up the donation they have it ready to go. I have not seen it, and they did not tell me what it now, was. Is that what we're gonna do there at the uh, you know Ironfly? Be like, hey, who knows? <laughs> you mystery <laughs> box. Oh, mystery do you want a raffle for the mystery box? Oh man, we should totally we do, should do a That's mystery a great box. Idea, though. Yeah. We could we could do some like you know secret prizes in the mystery box. And we, you know what we could do is the mystery box, but have like. Like incredibly vague hints, just so people oh, know yeah. that it's not a bunch of stickers. It could be like a poem. Could you write a poem, Zach, of like hints? No, but Steve can. Oh, oh. yeah. 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 Of hints. Would be an amazing poem. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Right? Mm. I like that idea. I'll write a poem, but it's probably going to start pretty. It might be bad. Like Nantucket. Hey, you know what? Maybe 
Yeah, it shouldn't be allowed to do uh, that. Yeah. Did oh. Steve donate any books? No. Not that, about a, that. not that I'm aware of. I didn't or ask did, him Or that. did you ask him? I never asked no. him. Okay. I was just curious. Huh. Why didn't we think of that? I don't know. It's never too late. No, no it's not too late. Wink. I have a uh, uh, an auction item. Oh, yeah? Yeah. If you win it, I'll come to you on your birthday and do the truffle shuffle. <laughs> is there tickets that, to avoid that? <laughs> <laughs> like, if I buy a certain number of tickets, will you not come to my birthday? Well, that requires no. a direct donation to Real Recovery. <laughs> yeah, and, and my yeah. pocket. <laughs> that requires a $100 donation directly yeah. to Real Recovery. Yeah. And will never there show up on your birthday, birthday. Yeah. and do the truffle shuffle. <laughs> so, uh, another donation... William Townsend donated a guided trip at the coast. Very nice. Ooh, Lucia. Obviously, uh, <laughs> Faust. Kendall, Mark. <laughs> Faust uh, donated the venue. Mm-hmm. They were having the event at. Yes. That is a huge donation. That is, yes. That and they're really also providing the live music. Mm-hmm. Steven Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Please, if you hear this, Steven Tyler. Please show up. Uh, Carlos from White Lighter Society is the tattoo artist who's going to yeah. be there. He's going to be doing tattoos for donations directly to Real Recovery. He sent us a little bit of the flash sheet, right? Yeah. yeah. Do we have yeah. any updates? No, on? I need to. Me- I need to text him. Yeah. I, need, get I, some would, more updates. I want to look at that picture I'm, again. I'm too. hoping there's some things that get added to the flash sheet. Oh, there will be. Well, if you like have recommendations, cichlid outline or even like Ooh. a cichlid outline Ooh, with yeah. just black dots. Like, mm. I feel like you have to... I and mean, that would also quad, be... Like, like, I would immediately get the cichlid. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm getting. Are we all getting matching tattoos? Oh, yeah. Because I want to get one. Yeah. I mean, I'm... Yeah. On our I mean, ankles? I'm, ankles? Oh, we all get... <laughs> get matching tramp stamps. Okay, that's <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, I, I would... Thinking. Honestly, I would do a tramp stamp. I had nothing against it. No. Yeah. But no, I'm in, I'm in a mood. I'm getting one this week. <laughs> I'm and in then, a and then I'm in getting a one mood. also at. What, what kind of mood does that take? I'm curious. Uh, it's just tattoos are great. Yeah. It's relaxing. Tattoos tra- are great. Uh, yeah. Honestly, mood. Though? That's right. Because you don't have a tattoo. Oh, not well, not tra- the, the one. A, the one I'm paying for. I think that's worse. Stamp, I think a brand is worse. Honestly, yeah, because like there is a euphoric sensation with getting a tattoo. I can that go just to feels sleep. like it would suck 100. Yeah. percent Well, the funny thing is, I did it like completely on Earth and by myself. Yeah, no, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I was a different person. Yeah. I could I could go <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I cry I, over I, everything. I feel like a brand will change will change you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're marked. <laughs> uh, it is a it is a hook, a fish hook. I was so, gonna hey, ask is, is it a standard fish hook brand? Yeah, yeah I was gonna yeah. ask when are you going back up to the Dutton Ranch? The what? The Dutton Ranch. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Oh <laughs> my god. What is that? Yellowstone. Uh, that's why I don't know yeah, what that yeah. is. Yeah. I don't follow into trends. I've never seen Game of Thrones. I haven't either. Really? No. Oh, dude. Everyone tells me I'd I like it, but I've two. never. I know I would like it. The problem is I just haven't watched it. I love all, I'm a huge nerd, so. It's nice. It's good. Yeah, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. House of Dragons is really good, too. The next donation, uh, Living Waters, is donating all the materials, and they'll have some vices and tools oh. there if you need them. I need them. to call them. So people who have never tied or don't own their own equipment they can will, still be a part it, of the competition. Yes. Oh, yeah. There. Yeah. So there will be uh, – it's probably recommended that you bring your stuff if you want to tie on your own stuff, but there will be extra available there if you need it. So if you don't have it and you don't want to – you don't feel like you have to go out and buy anything, uh, but it will be there. Of, speaking of overall prizes, ask, uh, ask Chris 
he wants to do a one-on-one tying session for the random winners. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. Ooh. Wait, Chris Johnson, right? You you, sh- you should we'll, we're going to Okay, here's what we're going to do. A little entertainment value. Zach Harris versus Whoa. Chris Johnson. Well, what, are we tying? Competition. what are we tying? Just the bandito. Sparkle part. I've watched that tied <laughs> firsthand. <laughs> I can do that. That's what it is. That's I'll, you know what? No, I'll just I'll give you verbal instructions of whatever happens. Hey, happens. that might be cool. Yeah, no. oh. I'll be like, all right, guys, take some white thread. <laughs> we we could do we could do a blindfolded fly. Oh. Okay, I'd Ooh, be down for or, it. and we can or, place bets. We can bet on it. Ooh. Oh, circle yeah. up. Everybody's handing yeah. cash around. Yeah. Or we can do the thing where you put your arms behind somebody else's back, you know, and you are their hands and they're your eyes. Okay. Oh, oh, that could be fun. Oh, that could right. be really fun. Exactly. Okay. You know, just grabbing random shit. And that yeah. could be kind of cool. I'd yeah. be down to, yeah, to that compete. That would be really cool. Yeah. Like that and something. That'd be cool. Maybe maybe all the judges compete. Ooh. Oh, yeah. that's not well, maybe the judges and us three. Oh, oh, okay. yeah. yeah, and then people are like, they have to place their place their coins on whoever's name is cost a coin to the Witcher. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then uh, Landon's not amused. <laughs> well, I gotta keep. I gotta keep this thing moving because we are. What time are we at? Oh, that, you don't know. I don't want to know. <laughs> we also diverted for about twenty minutes. So yeah, so right. subtract Honestly, twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, we're at fifty minutes then. Oh, we're at 50 minutes after subtracting 20 minutes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I right. told you, you don't want to know. That's why I'm moving this along. Okay. So, <clears throat> Texas Farm Bureau donated a direct $1,500 cash donation to Real Recovery. Very nice. That's straight money in the bank. They're also going to be donating some raffle prizes, probably a Blackstone and something else like a cooler or something like that, but... We are looking at getting some more prizes from them. Um, and then last but not least, I told you guys about that email I got the other day. Uh, um, a, f- a portrait photographer oh, in yes. Georgetown reached out to us. I don't even know how they know about the event. If you're the connection, if you're a listener and you're the connection to this business, because they just sent me a random email, and I don't know how they found out about Ironfly or if one of our listeners is like a family member to them or whatever, but they donated um, a session for like family portraits. The value is like $2,000. So we're going to be auctioning that off as well. So you can get nice family portraits, hang it in your house, last a lifetime. Go ahead. I'm I'm not going to lie. When you first said this to me, I really – really thought it was painting it was a painting dude me too okay. <laughs> that's why okay. i was thinking i totally thought somebody had to sit there while somebody painted them like titanic yeah i think he <laughs> worded it differently <laughs> like, titanic. like titanic is the automatic <laughs> reference <laughs> i am so glad to know that it's it is something camera. more normal yeah. like a like a camera session no, I was, it's a camera i session. was picturing yeah. like 16th century like kings okay. <laughs> <laughs> me, too. Yeah. me too i'm like who's gonna sit there for that long that's why I say caricatures. Me I was too. like, oh, it's like fancy exactly. caricatures. You said that, and I was like, oh yeah, clearly somebody's getting a sick yet <laughs> an old oil painting for their fireplace. <laughs> hey, why not, man? Yeah, exactly. No, you know, it's, and I'm it's like, photography. I confirmed on the phone today. Okay, so. honestly, makes so much more sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot better now. 
really is. <laughs> so, really, and I looked really the website. Is. The photos are fantastic. Because I don't even it's know really where you get like a, like a captain suit or anything like that. <laughs> I, <still don't. laughs> I know a few places. <laughs> Kindle has no pearls. <laughs> I. <laughs> what is wrong with us? <laughs> so. I think that's all the donations that I can think of right now that I have listed in the ones that I haven't put on the list yet. So you guys got anything donation-wise? Anything about Ironfly y'all want to mention Mm-mm. before we talk about conservation? <laughs> Wait, we're <laughs> still going to talk about conservation? Go to Ironfly. Yeah. That's, that, go, go to Ironfly. Yes. If it's you a wa- great cause. If you want to sign up, click the link in the description of this bio to go sign up. Or you can go to honeyholeangling.com. Description, this, this yep. description of this episode. Description of this episode. Or... You can click the link in our Instagram bio, right? Or you can go to honeyholeangling.com, click on Ironfly. It's going to charge you thirty dollars. You're going to get a hat at the event. You're going to have a great time. And I think kind of going off with Tyson, like it does support a really good cause. Like you guys have heard us talk about real recovery and how important it is. I mean, like it is clearly (coughs) the best weekend of my year. Oh, one hundred percent. And talking with the participants, it very clearly makes such a huge impact on them. And so the money that we were hoping to raise would fully support that because it does cost money to have these guys go out there. And so we really, really need the help here. Yeah. To, uh, that way we can actually keep putting this on for these men every single year. And, it's, and it, honestly, it, it changes lives. Our, our, our goal is $10,000. Right. That pays for one retreat. Right. It costs $10,000 for all the food, for all the lodging to you know, for these guys to have a weekend, it costs $10,000. You know what? And if anybody, you know, maybe you're not interested in the Iron Fly, but you want to you wanna donate more than the $30 entry fee. Maybe you want to you wanna pay for one guy to go through a retreat. Just reach out to us. We can get the numbers for you and let you know approximately. It's, it's $800 to $800. put a guy through a retreat. So if somebody wants to put a guy through a retreat, just one. You don't, you know, you don't have to supply for the whole retreat. Just let us know, and we can, we can help you with that, too. Yeah. And I was, I've been, I've been like on the water or out or going outside doing stuff since I was like, before I could even, rem, before memories for me. And this is pro this, that weekend was probably one of my top three moments I have spent outside in my life. Yeah, it was this, and this weekend was a special one. Like this last retreat was, it was, it was special. They're all amazing. And like, we always joke, like each year. We always say, like, oh, this was the best one. This was the best one. This one definitely felt like it was that. We mm-hmm. say that every time. I know. I know. We do. <laughs> well, we they're going to get better but every time. It does. Yeah. It, you it just doesn't, yeah. doesn't mean the previous one was bad in any way. It's, no. just, it's just something's different every time. So they're all, they're we all get, the best we in get, their own we way. We get better at our jobs. We get we become, as we get more experience, we become fe- better fishing buddies, and we understand what's going on, and... Mm-hmm. You, you also know. learn what they need and what they want. Like you said, like, my guy, we didn't really talk about his stuff at all. And, like, early I would try to, like, I, I don't know if I was ge- steering the conversation that way or if it just come naturally, but, like, it's not always about that. You You're able I mean? to read yeah. them. You, you, you can kind of, you can read people a little bit. Read people in that situation because I think anybody that's not, you know, ever experienced that firsthand is uncomfortable. Right. And you don't really know. You kind of tiptoe around it. You don't really know. But as you start to to involve yourself with more people in their situation, you, you kind of figure it out a little bit better. Yeah, and my guy didn't even really talk about yeah. his service much at all. I asked him about it, and we talked about it for a little bit, and he, he was a jet mechanic, which mm-hmm. I thought was fucking cool as hell, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. he, he, did, he didn't really talk about it much. Yeah. And I was expecting that to be most of our conversation yeah. was him wanting to talk about 
you know, that or, you know, something. But he just was enjoying being outside. Yeah. So. And if you if you're not a fly tire and you have no intentions of becoming a fly tire and you just want to go to the event, we're going to have – there's going to be live music. Beer, Probably people. There's going to be beer. People that you know are going to be there. Zach Harris – Oh, is gonna up. be there. The Zach Harris. The, oh, the Zach Harris. If Listen. you if you want an autograph, I just want everybody to know I'm not an asshole. I'm not like <laughs> conceited or anything. No. How many I headshots just... are you gonna have to sign? <laughs> Three or four hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where this is all coming from, but I don't act like that. Come come and have a good time. And Real Recovery is gonna be there. And there's gonna be a film. There's gonna be live music. It's just gonna be a good time. So come and hang out. And it's an amazing cause. Don't forget that. All right. Let's talk about some conservation. So, Ty, start, like, broad view. What kind of work in conservation do you do? So I am a, uh, I am a, essentially a partner biologist, which means I am not, I'm not a state biologist. I'm not a federal biologist. I am funded by multiple agencies coming together to create my position. So I'm, so I work with a lot of people in my area. I cover 13 counties across Texas, and then I do a across two areas of Texas, the Edwards Plateau and. Uh, the Oaks and Prairies and Blackland Prairie eco-regions, if you've ever seen an eco-region map of Texas. And then I also do a lot of work in the Gulf Coast Prairie area of Texas that is kind of outside my normal scope of duties. And my main focus is on habitat restoration and helping landowners achieve those goals on their property. So things that I do in kind of my normal day-to-day. What are some of their goals? I'm sure not every landowner has the same goal, but, like, what are those goals that they're reaching out to you for? So it varies. Most of them, uh, I work with people who have kind of working lands, and that is they still run cattle, but they also care about wildlife, and they're wanting to learn a little bit more how they coincide together, when to do things at certain times, things like that, because cattle and wildlife go hand-in-hand and then also work with a bunch of people who – don't do any of that and they just bought a place or they've had a place they inherited a place and they remember it having x species of wildlife on it when they were a kid and they're like i want i want that again i have grandkids now or i have kids now and i want them to be able to experience the same wildlife that i got to saw or see on this property so that that's a lot of it so even there's some people where they're they own the land. They don't. Uh, they don't really spend a lot of time on it, but they want to do the right thing by it, more like an absentee kind of thing. So, oh, that's good. So yeah, all, all kinds of yeah walks of of life. So, so what does a day in your job look like? So depending on the time, you know, it could be I could be burning on prescribed on a prescribed burn, whether it be one of my own or helping one of my partners out. I could be helping a landowner get into a, a contract to help them get a cost share for work done because habitat work is expensive. And so there's lots of programs out there to kind of help people 
make it cheaper where they get X percentage back after they complete a practice. Mm. Or uh, like recently been doing a lot of stuff with a, with a new prescribed burn association, which is essentially landowner-led groups who are trying to bring their community together to do more prescribed fire because it's an essential uh, practice that is needs to be done on rangelands to keep them rangelands. And uh, so they focus a lot around education outreach and also helping each other do this. So it sounds like you spend a lot of time, like prescribed fires is a big part it's of as what a you do. a huge part. Okay, so talk to us about the the like benefits and like the science behind a prescribed fire. Yeah, so just going back to the bare basics of fire and kind of kind of how Texas was shaped prehistory. There is all most majority of Texas was historically a big ass open rangeland. There's some areas like in, you know, Edwards Plateau where it gets a little bit rockier. You're going to have the trees and the shrubs and things like that. Parts of deep South Texas had the shrubs and the trees in the rockier areas and had that uh, Tamalip and Thorn Scrub that it's kind of famous for, everybody talks about. And But for the vast majority, Texas was just a big rangeland. There's old journal entries where people talk about going from what is now present-day San Antonio to Corpus, and they hop off their, uh, you know, their stagecoach, and they walk 10 feet into the grass, and they turn around, and the grass is so tall they can't even see the stagecoach anymore. So that's kind of what this area used to look like. And the reason why... Basically, like, no trees. Yeah. The reason why the vast... And there were still trees. So, but it's just not to the The level level that we are today. Of, like, the mesquite and the Mm -hmm. cedar and... Because they do do fill a role, but their role is a lot smaller than it used to be, if that makes sense. Mm. Because now, for most people, they play a very large role on their property or just driving around, it's all you see. But historically, it was a lot smaller of a role. It was only in kind of high areas or these areas where historically a, a fire started by, you know, a lightning strike somewhere, couldn't get to it and burn it down. Mm. So, so that is kind of how fire has helped, you know, mold the landscape in Texas. It was there in predominantly a huge portion of Texas and specifically the area I work in general. It used to historically burn. There was a recent study that came out every two years. Two years or less, there was a fire historically happening and that's why it was predominantly grassland. And you'd have some oak savanna kind of landscape where it's majority grassland, but you would have these random larger oak trees that somehow survive the fire. So, and, and typically when, if you have a bunch of oak trees and stuff and you go out and you look across the pasture, anything that isn't, you know, a big old oak that you're struggling putting your arms around, that probably wasn't there, just to kind of paint a picture of what it used to look like. So only these massively old, couple hundred-year-old oaks were probably the only things that were around back then. Everything else was just grass. And the other aspect that changed it, we had bison, and we even had pronghorn down here. We had all these you know, 
huge grazers that so what would happen you know fire would happen and that would keep the brush at bay because you know repeated cycles of fire and key on the repeated cycles of fire because if you just go and use it once you're not really going to impede anything you might set it back that year but it's the it's the cycle that matters that helps keep the brush back and then the grass would come in and get grazed down by you know bison pronghorn all these other wildlife that we had and then they'd the bison specifically were the biggest one. They go migrate off to wherever else across the country, and then they wouldn't come back for maybe a year, year and a half. And then when they got back, you know, it would be time for them to graze again. So, and that's the one thing that a lot of people might not realize is that like the system kind of takes care of itself. And historically, it did take care of itself. But now that you know we are here, we kind of have to. We kind of have to help the system along. So, and that's like proper grazing, not overgrazing. And that's, you know, utilizing prescribed fire on your place. That's, and if it's to the point where you can't do that, going in and doing either herbicide spray or mechanical treatment with like a bulldozer or excavator with the brush. So, all so these you're, things still you're need basically, to happen. you're trying to artificially create things that were naturally occurring. Yeah, that, that, that's a good way to put it. Two, 200 years and yeah, ago. Yeah, I'll say, are we talking like 200 years ago? Are we talking like 1,000 years ago or, you know, 10,000 years ago? It's for for how, like, Texas's landscape was traditionally shaped, we're talking prehistory okay. with the fire and the bison. And then, of course, also up to more noted history. Right. You know, we, we still had fire and bison happening. So, but what my main goal is, is I'm trying to help landowners restore it to native as well as work within their goals so like i may go visit a property and you know they won't they're running cattle and they still need like some kind of bermuda pasture or they still need one of the other in, introduced grasses because in a drought year you know they may need a little bit of pasture that they need to lean on a little bit harder and that's perfectly fine with me. I'm not here to try and convert everyone to just a solid native system because I also work with people who pay their bills with cattle ranching, right. and that's what they've known their whole life. And a lot of them do a really good job at it. They're just looking for, you know, they want to kind of dabble in something else or yeah, they're, they're trying to, maybe they have income coming from somewhere else and they're trying to step a little bit further away or they're wanting to look at maybe starting the process of I want one pasture two pastures native and I want to kind of see how it acts with and what it will change to my management because Mm -hmm. there's also a lot of things that if you do go to like a fully native system in the long run in the short run they all you always feel like you're losing money because you got to go through the whole planning process and you got to adapt your management and things like that but on the long run you typically are actually increasing your profits in your in your bottom dollar and now, there's been a lot of studies to show that can cattle be successful on native on 100 100 100 cattle and, and native range go go hand in hand together yeah. a lot a lot of people say they just won't eat it but like native grasses but are big four like texas's big four tall grass grasses the uh, you know, big blue stem, Indian grass, switch grass, and even like little blue stem are big four prairie grasses that were here originally. 
cattle eat them up like ice cream. Really? So it's just a different form of management. You can't graze it as hard as you would the kind of improved forage producing yeah. grasses. <clears throat> but because they're native, they're probably more sustainable. Well, in the sense of like they are, are more resistant to like our mm-hmm. weather or have we changed our weather so much where it's it's harder for those native grasslands yeah, to so, thrive. So our climate is definitely changing and things like that. We're right. seeing that, you know, we're not getting rainfall historically when we were getting rainfall. And, you know, Texas, we're always in a drought. Right. You know, seven, you know, out of 10 years, you can potentially expect seven years to be in drought in Texas. And that's just kind of how Texas Texas is, unless you're, you know, closer to the coast. But even right now, the coast is technically in a drought. They're still getting some rainfall, but it's still a drought considering right. what they're used to. But it's still very much can because they evolved in our climate. They evolved in our soils that they're present on. They evolved with grazing, and they also evolved with fire over time. So it wasn't just the animals that were kind of evolving around the wor- around, you know, insert area here. Grass it was also lands. the grasses, yeah, yeah. the forbs, all the all the plants <clears throat> were evolving at the same time. So fire grazing, they're used to it. So and also for drought, they're drought tolerant. And some of these improved, they also come from very dry areas, which is why they were kind of brought over. A lot of improved grasses are brought over from like Africa, for instance. Because the thought is, well, it's really dry over there. If we bring it over, it'll live. It'll, it'll live here. We're not as dry as Africa, but you know, it's different seasons over there. You yeah. know, it's not it's not always dry in Africa where they yeah. evolved from, where when we're dry. So things right. like that. Well, and you were also talking about these really tall grasslands. That is more cover for small animals. Yeah. It's cooler because it's shaded. Mm-hmm. So like even when it, even though it's like really hot and dry, you have a better environment for. Small critters mm-hmm. and a also cooler environment from a wildlife perspective. A lot of the introduced grasses, they require if you're looking at it from a wildlife perspective, it requires extremely intensive management to keep it in a suitable state for wildlife. Like quail is the perfect example. Everybody knows what a quail looks like, and nationally, they're on a decline. So, it's a huge species of concern right now. Everyone's trying to figure out what's going on. But also grasslands are the number one declining ecosystem in the world. Not just in Texas, not just in the country, but in the world. And what's causing that? Yeah. <clears throat> so that would be, of course, urban, urbanization is, right. all, is a huge thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. we, we're having massive urban sprawls. If you just look at the triangle between, you know, San Antonio, Houston, and Corpus, like that whole triangle is, I mean, it's crazy how fast some parts of it are growing up some parts still aren't but there's a lot of parts of it yeah it's just turning into ranchettes or subdivisions and they're waving big money so it's you know sometimes it's kind of hard not to blame them you know you people got their own lives you don't know what they're going through you know who am i to judge on that but but besides that we have also decreased use of fire on our still open areas because since we are historically supposed to be a grassland the fact that we have so much brush encroachment is due to essentially years and decades of fire suppression, fire suppression, and also uh, overgrazing. So, because when you overgraze, you're kind of inviting, you're opening up ground space essentially for the so, brush to come. Yeah, in. for the brush to come in, 
And also now that we have these introduced species, the competition is less when the ground's that open. And all these introduced grasses and things like that compete very well. Now, when you say introduced grasses, are you thinking about like... Invasive. The, okay, so I, so. are you thinking about like the grasses that are like in like people's front yard, like lawns, or... Or different types. You know what so, I mean? but those also, because a lot of people have Bermuda in their right. yards or things like that. And Bermuda is also very popular in cattle. It grows, you can graze it down to about the height of a Coke can. And native grasses, you typically need to leave about 8 to 10 inches of stubble height before you, because <coughs> once you graze, start grazing past that, you start impacting the root growth. And when you start impacting the root growth, you start impacting the health of the plant. Yeah. And that's when we go from you know, maybe a grass that with the right amount of rain and the right, you know, management, getting treated right, it may be like, you know, five-foot-tall grass. But if you overgrazing it, your roots are reducing, and then it just starts growing shorter and shorter because it doesn't have the energy to pump it up. But some of the big ones in Texas, uh, KR Blue Stem, so King Ranch Blue Stem, I don't know if you're supposed to call it that anymore. But uh, but essentially, it's also called old world blue stem or yellow blue stem. There's and it, the, an old world and yellow blue stem are just kind of two generic terms because we have brought in blue stem grasses from everywhere. We have Australian blue stem here. We have you know beet all like there's all these various grasses that people lump together is just well, basically what you're saying. The same thing about the invasive species, yeah. the fish everywhere we're doing the same thing with grass yeah and we're doing a lot better about it now because you know we're seeing that a couple you know in the past you know we we may have made some wrong decisions that we thought at the time were good but also wildlife management is a very young field still it's only you know 100 120 yeah 100 120 years old out of leopold when he started kind of establishing wildlife management as a thing and started looking into it and producing literature and things like that. It's still very young. And, you know, you only know what you know. So we we, we didn't know the people before what was going to potentially happen and the implications. But we also, in that same sense, are a lot smarter, so we actually know what to do and how to reverse it. Now it's just the fact of things take money. So, So, okay, I let's just say I have a ranch mm-hmm. and I want to convert it to native back to native grasslands. How long of a process is that? Yes, yeah, so that's a great question because And I'm sure it's case by case basis, but how mm-hmm. long of a process is that and then walk me through like the year to year steps that it would take for me to take this plot of I don't know 500 acres and be fully converted to a managed native grassland. Yeah, so, and before I get into the discussion, talk about like, man, a lot of my job is managing expectations because when I talk short term, I'm typically talking five years in the, in the world of habitat mm-hmm. management. Well, I figured in my mind, I'm not, I'm thinking this is going to be a long process. Yes, in my mind, I'm thinking five to 10 years. Yeah. And now so, sometimes it's not as long, It, but it depends on where you're at. But I'm going to talk on like, I'll, I'll do like a longer scenario where it's just covered in brush and you're wanting to go straight back to a native rangeland. And then after that, I'll talk about something where maybe you might have, you know, you have some natives in an open pasture, 
but there's also some competition with some invasives and kind of a time frame for that because it, it varies. <clears throat> but remembering while we're going through this whole process, short-term is five years, long-term is 10-plus years. And and managing expectations is probably the, the biggest thing that I do day-to-day. So you start with, we'll just say 100 acres in solid, we'll just do biggest thing since we're in San Antonio, you know, juniper cedar. Or or if you're on the further on the southern end, you know, either mesquite and weesatch. Those are our two real big ones. So you go in and you mechanically treat it. If the pit you can also herbicide treat it, but realistically if And that's dozer, you're dozing the property. Yeah. So and typically grubbing where you're essentially just popping an individual plant out. Or you could go in and just doze the whole thing down. So so you're not going and just, you know, raising everything. You're literally just getting the, the big brush and just ripping mm-hmm. it out individually. Yes, because what could be in there, and that's where the case-by-case basis goes, because in between there, there could be some beneficial shrubs, like native shrubs and things like that. So depending on how you want to do it, you know, you go in mechanically, pull it all out, and that's going to take, you know, a couple months and, you know, so one year you're looking at that, or we'll, we'll just go half a year looking at that, depending on how long it'll take you and if you have to go contractor route or you're renting a dozer yourself. So we got half a year down, and then after that, we're going to look at doing, uh, there's two things you can do. You can either wait a year, see what comes up naturally, because the seed bank's real resilient, and you may not have to plant. So for that year, you know, then we're basically waiting a year, seeing what comes up. If you don't want to do that and you're a little you're a little bit more on the impatient side, you want to start planning. From there, once we get into our kind of growing season, so once we hit kind of that, let's see, probably March, April time frame and our grasses start growing, then we'll start looking at preparing the slate <clears throat> for a planting. And that's going to essentially just be Whenever you get about six inches of growth or four uh, leaf, true leaves on your grasses, you'll go in and you'll spray Roundup or glyphosate on the property. And you'll probably have to do that about three times before it's potentially ready to plant. It could take longer depending on what you're dealing with. And when you say Roundup, you're killing basically. Mm-hmm. You're, the goal is to... Yeah, get because, rid of everything. Because after that, we're going to come in and do a native seeding, and it's going to be very diverse. So you're essentially, are you going? And let me go back to that. We're not going to kill any of the seeds that are there. It'll just be what's growing on the top. Because okay. when you want to go in and plant, you want to have a nice, clean slate as possible. Because Sometimes native seed can be a little bit finicky when you put it in the ground. There are certain depths you have to reach for seeds, and there's a specific seed drill that helps you accomplish that. So the less debris you have out there, the easier it is to get. Yeah, the easier it is. You're kind of you're kind of le- pushing the cards in your favor. So at this point, we're doing all this. This is the same season, right? Yeah. So so you would kind of start the same season after you cleared it, you know, because. Say, we'll just say, you know, you cleared from, you started in, you know, January to make the the math easier. You start in January and, you know, you finish 
whatever time frame it's going to take you. And we'll just say you finish right before the growing season. So, Vin, you get your grasses start coming up because you just disturbed everything on that blank slate. Then you go in and do your first spring. And then after that, you wait. And depending on how kind of ferocious they're going to be, you may end up spraying three times within this kind of growing season. So three times within the summer. Or you may only have to do it once or twice. But realistically, always shoot on three to four. That's just kind of how it always works out. And then after that, we can look at planning in the fall. Because planning typically happens in the fall or the spring. And you kind of line that up with, that's typically when we get rain, especially around here in Texas. So you would try to plant kind of in September, November time frame, because realistically we should be getting rain right now. Right. And, you know, if not, you might have to wait if it's been a little bit drier because you also want to plant with moisture in the ground. You don't, you really don't have to, but we're all about stacking odds in our favor for success because we're making an investment. We need to stack as many odds in our favor as we can. So, like, right now, there's not really anybody planting right now because it's just dry, dry as hell. no rain. So, you can put it in the ground, but if, you know, it's just going to sit there. And then also from a personal perspective, like you're going to you're going to sit there and be like, "Well, I just paid, you know, X amount of money per acre to plant this seed." When you kind of plant it with soil moisture in, you see something happen a little bit quicker. Mm. So, you know, it kind of makes you feel personally better about what you've done. Yeah. And that's a huge thing in in conservation also. Like that goes to the whole managing your expectations. You you know, it puts that in your favor. On this 100-acre plot, at this point in time, how much money are we talking? So, depending on what you go with, you know, it's a, we'll, we'll do mulching because I got a quote for mulching the other day. And so, with cedar, you can mulch it and you'll get a kill. Uh, you know, it could be $1,200 a day. And in a, and in a day you may get half an acre to an acre. Wow. So then that all depends on how thick it is and things like yeah. that. So, yeah. and some people are a bit faster than others or, and things, it all depends on your contractor, but a lot of the quotes I've been hearing, you know, 12 to $1,500 a day. And you're looking at right around maybe, you know, an acre if you're lucky. Now, if you go in and kind of grub it or doze it, it's still going to be, you know, expensive because diesel is expensive now and we got inflation going on, things like that. So things are a lot more expensive than they used to, used to be, but your time doing it is going to be a lot shorter. So the, their hour, hourly rate may be, you know, a couple hundred dollars or, or something like that an hour, but with a dozer, things are going to move a whole lot faster. So, so, so besides natural benefits, uh, to encourage somebody to maybe go all native, is there any financial benefit to it, like taxes or anything like that? Or yeah, so for for taxes, I mean, not not necessarily, but I mean, you can have a wildlife. Well, actually, yeah, there is wildlife tax exemption, mm-hmm. and that just cuts you. It's it's pretty much the same as a uh, as a livestock. Exemption. Yeah, a livestock exemption except you're just focusing more so on the wildlife portion. So you do get that kind of exemption right there. 
So there is a tax benefit to it. And also, speaking from other benefits and things like that, you know, water, especially since our scenario is in San Antonio, aquifer is a huge deal, especially when we're in a tough drought like this year and we see some of our favorite rivers going dry. You know, a juniper or cedar soaks up hundreds of gallons of water. So all, so that's something else to factor in. You know, you could, when you get rain, all that rain isn't necessarily going to the water table or it's not going into your land to produce grass growth. Into our river so yeah. we can catch and, fish. And at our yeah. river so, you know, we <laughs> Burn can Burn all the cedars tomorrow. <laughs> so, cause we that's, march it tomorrow. That's a, that's a huge thing that people don't realize. They soak up a lot. Yeah. And then the other benefit that the grasses provide, native grasses' root system, I mean, you could have roots that are, you know, 30, 40 feet deep. I didn't know that. And what that does essentially is gives you little pathways down so when the rain does fall, it's actually seeping much further into the ground. Whereas, you know, some of our invasive grasses, I mean, they'll have deeper roots, but maybe, you know, one, two, three foot down, ten foot if you're lucky, but their root systems are a lot shorter. But our native grasses, it's... Like I said, with the whole system was meant to take care of itself. The grasses have deep roots. That allows the water to go in. A lot of them are also bunch grasses. So when you have a heavy rainfall event, and say you get this huge flood event, instead of like on a Bermuda pasture where it's just going to slide right off uh, like water on concrete, the bunch grasses can also help stop the water as it's flowing and then with that stop, it increases your infiltration, which goes into rangeland health and all these all these things that are extremely beneficial. But the big thing for here is the more infiltration you get, the more water you're having go into your aquifer and your water table, things like that. Hmm. So, you know, there is tax benefits, of course, but the from a larger picture, we're looking at cleaner water for us as people to drink we're looking at you know preserving you know our fishing whether it be conventional or fly fishing who cares about conventional yeah i mean <laughs> god get get a, get a real get a real hobby they smell weird, <laughs> <laughs> they smell weird. <laughs> yeah you ever smelled stink bait it's a yeah, realistic yeah. thing to yeah, say. I'm just, I thought power I, bait. I, I actually, I I really thought like when you said bait. that, I didn't think that you meant the bait. I thought you meant the people. No, I did mean the people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> smell like the stink bait. But so, and you know, uh, it's just it's just one of those things, you know. And and like I said, you know, if if especially if you're working cattle and you and you're running cattle things like that, a lot of people I work with, I am not pushing them to a full native system. I'm trying to help them, you know, potentially, hopefully down the road, I kind of hope they want to switch to it because there are, you know, lots of benefits and down the road, you know, it may actually benefit them. But it, it's kind of uh, understanding what their goals are and understanding what my goals are and realizing that, especially in Texas, we are 96% privately owned, I think like 96.5 or something like that. So... It's not a, it's not a, this is what I want, and this is, that's not how this works. It's it's very much an understanding thing. I mean, I've worked with a lot of people who, 
in the past and now or you know to pay their bills they got to run cattle i ain't mad at i love beef if i could eat steak every day i'd probably eat steak every day but <laughs> yeah so what of all the the privately owned land in texas and i know this is probably a hard question for you to answer um what how much is public no no yes, no how much okay. is public no what percentage uh of this land do you or do you know what percentage of this land people are moving to to more native systems or or even partially native or that's just kind of happening all over. Yeah. So, so that's I mean, that's good, right? Yeah, that's there, a good there's thing. there's a you know, there's pockets of people like pocket prairies are a huge thing now, especially in the area that I work since these large land holdings are kind of getting broken up into things. You know, people come in and they want to create pocket prairies. So that's a huge thing and that could be anywhere from, you know, 20 acres, 10 acres, all the way up to a couple hundred acres, depending on what the land holding size around them looks like. And then, you know, there's a bunch of people in North Texas where they still have a bunch of this land intact. There's people that, that I work with that work in North Texas, and there's there's people that are wanting to convert a lot of their land back into native. So, I mean, it, it just varies area to area, and it all depends on, on the specific person and what their goals are. Gosh, so, so it's not one – you're not finding one goal. Like, it's not like, oh, I, I want to make Texas back to what Texas was. Or, you know, like, it's it's for the dollar benefits down the road. Yeah, or anything and, like and, and a lot of people – yeah, a lot of people are working with – like, we have grazing land coalition specialists, and they're uh, – you know, th- their sole focus is grazing, and they work with regional landowner groups, and they are just great. I work with one, and not even going to lie, I, I'll just he's probably the best in the state. Well, I'm very lucky that the Grazing Lands Coalition Specialist I work with fairly often is as good as he is. And, you know, I mean, he's – I have have him talk at anything that I know about that they're wanting a grazing person. He's the only person I recommend, and – his talk, I've seen him potentially convert people to seeing that, you know, down the road with with proper management and going in and looking at his talk, people are seeing that with just a little bit of change, I can potentially make more money. So, but that that's the thing, it's the change because that's change is always scary no matter what. Yeah. So, and especially when it's your livelihood potentially. Yeah. Change is always scary. So, I want Going back to the process of we're converting yeah. this hundred acre plot, so um, pick up where you left off because I'm curious. Like, when do the prescribed burns come in, and how does that process affect? Yeah. So, so we just got to where we sprayed it down with the Roundup, and then we'll go with fall. So we're we're at September time frame right now, and we're gonna plant, and then once we plant we're going to say we got a normal amount of rainfall to kind of give more of a typical process that this can happen at. Whenever you plant native grasses, there's a thing called the sleep, the creep, and the leap. So the first year, you're going to look out there, and you're probably going to be a little upset because you're going to get some stuff pop up, but it's still going to, it's going to be very sparse. And you're going to be like, well, I feel like I wasted a bunch of money, but you didn't. That's just what's supposed to happen. That is why it's called the sleep. If in the second year, you know, and we're, we're just going to base this off normal rainfall amounts, the second year, you might go out there and you're starting to see a little bit of diversity come in. It's not fully grassed out across the pasture, but you're starting to see a lot more of what you paid for in the seed mix pop up. 
And then that third year, the leap, it goes from this a lot of times. Now, of course, not always. Just going to put that disclaimer out there. But a lot of times, you know, it goes from this very sparse thing where you have a lot of bare ground and you have mixed grasses and forbs. And then the third year, it's almost like you walk out there and it's like, holy shit, what happened? And it's just this nice, beautiful native rangeland that, you know, three years down the road, you were like, I just I feel like I wasted a little bit of money. I feel like maybe I should have done something differently, but you didn't. It's all about trusting the process. And that is where the short term five years is because looking at potentially a planning and seeing the actual success of a planning, you're looking at three years. And depending on if it's a drought or things like that, it may be four to five years. So it's all about perspective. And then after that, looking at fire, if once your stand of grass gets established, you could either potentially burn on that fourth year or you could kind of, you know, not do anything with it or, you you know, if you're interested in cows, then you could start grazing it and you may want to get a little bit of benefit on it because you've waited three years to actually have this resource. Yep. So, you know, however you want to go about it, you know, maybe you throw some cows on it, get some get some grazing benefit off of it, pull them off, and then, you know, grow some grass for the next year. So now we're looking at either year four or year five, depending on which scenario you're in, if you're going to graze or if you're not going to graze, of getting a fire on the ground. So, And then what, what does the fire do? So the fire helps hugely with soil health because whenever you burn the grass down and run a fire across something, you're actually helping the nutrient cycling process that is that occurred historically when we were talking about how we used to burn every you know two two years in in this part of Texas I think also burned about every two maybe two to three years so you're putting nutrients back into the ground that it's not really getting otherwise and then burning is also the only activity that actually reduces thatch so all that. So how bunch grasses kind of grow and how most of our native grasses grow, they start out, you know, you get a sprig of grass growing and then they continue uh, growing outward. So when you see like some older bunch grasses, there might be like this green ring around the outside and then the inside might be a little, might be a little dead. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're, I, yeah. I understand what you're saying. So that thatch is there. And to kind of help keep the plant health and things like that up, like like we talked about earlier, these they evolved with fire. So this is part of their life cycle that they're expecting to be burned, essentially. So fire is the only way to actually reduce that thatch down. And also, fire is a great tool to bring your secessional stages back to zero. And I should probably explain secession also. But uh, so like secession starts at. You know, essentially, you can look at just a flat piece of land that has nothing on it, and then secession goes from you have your grasses that come in, like your short grasses, and then we have mid grasses, so we're having short and kind of mid-level height grasses come in. Then we get down to the next little area, and we have a tall grass prairie coming in, and then from there, secession goes into a mixed tall grass and shrubland kind of thing. You start to get like here it would be, you know, juniper, maybe some oaks coming in, things like that. And then if you don't do anything with it, 
that starts to get taller. And then you're in this in-between stage between a grassland and a forest. And then if you still don't do anything with it, the final stage of secession, depending on where you're at in Texas, here it would essentially be just like a these huge fields of just straight juniper that you see, or it's a juniper forest or it's a, or a cedar forest. So that's where the fire and the grazing comes in because historically what kept it at the lower secessional stage was the fact that lightning would strike and fire would just spread until, you know, maybe it hit, uh, you know, like a prairie dog colony somewhere in Texas and that stopped the fire. Or maybe, you know, it hit a river or, or it hit a yeah. rocky area. So, and then the bison and what we do now with cattle to simulate that also helps keep it at that secessional stage because cattle are also essential since our rangelands evolved around fire and grazing technically the definition of a rangeland needs fire and grazing to happen on it to be considered mm. a, a proper functioning rangeland you, you i mean do you have to do them both no you don't but to be at your peak kind of rangeland health they both kind of need to occur because you're also getting nutrients from the cattle you're getting a little bit of hoof action they're coming in and they're grazing things down because not always are you going to be able to burn. Yeah, they're fertilizing, things like that. And you're not always going to be able to burn. So cattle coming in, when you can't burn and things like that, you're still resetting secession back to doing it. Now, if you overgraze, that's where we can open up too much ground, like I kind of talked about earlier on the podcast, and then shrubs kind of have a little bit more of an upped chance of surviving kind of thing. Yeah. My initial impressions based on this conversation is that it seems like it's a lot of work and it's a mm-hmm. huge expense for a landowner. Yeah. And I feel like it would be a hard sell for a lot of people. Yeah, and, and that that's the thing. That it it's typically a hard sell, but luckily, especially in Texas where where wildlife and ranching and farming is still this huge heritage thing that we have, we have tons of programs that help people do this Mm -hmm. so you know it's it's a lot easier to sell on a day-to-day basis because you can tell them hey there's this program out there you have to come up with the upfront cost but once you were done you know you will get reimbursed up to about 50 percent and sometimes if you do it on your own or you rent your own does or you own certain things the percentage may be closer to 75 percent so there's these these, there's these incentive programs that people can get in that make this actually feasible. Mm-hmm. Now, they may have to do smaller scale things. They may not be able to do it all large scale. That all depends on what you can do as the person but and what your pocketbook has. Right. But there's tons of programs out there. And there's even some programs like, say, the other instance that we were going to talk about where it's already been cleared and... uh you have like this kind of either low producing rangeland or you have this pasture land that you want to convert to native rangeland or you have something that just needs a little bit of help. There's a program that TPWD has called Pastures for Upland Birds and that's a, it's an amazing program. It's probably my favorite for when you're in this stage, but it has to be cleared off first. And then you apply for the program with your local biologist that you can find on their website. And when you get approved for the program, they give you the herbicide needed 
and they give you the seed, you don't have to pay for it. All you have to pay for is the fact that, you know, you have to be able to apply the herbicide and you have to be able to put the seed in the ground. So there's various programs that make it a little bit easier. So okay. it goes from being a huge expense because used to, when I started, you could get a native seed mix for about $100 an acre. Now you cannot get a good native seed mix for $100 an acre. It's gone up in price. You're looking at more, you know, closer to the 150-ish range, yeah. maybe 200-ish. It all, And, of course, it all depends on how much diversity you want. Right. But it's very hard to get a good seed mix now for $100 an acre. So it's become a little bit more expensive. So, but that's why the programs are so great. Yeah. So, yes, it's expensive, but we have we're very fortunate in Texas to have things to make this feasible. So, yeah, it's it's cool work. It's super to me. It's super interesting. Yeah, and and I do I love it. So, it it's very fulfilling. So and and, and I this do. all kind of interconnects. Like it's not primarily what we do with like fishing, but. It's the whole ecosystem is connected. So conservation is a, it's more than just well you're helping a, you're helping somebody have you know more grazable land for their cows. It it goes beyond that. This is it's a, it's a thing that just we as people of the world should care about. But it's also a thing that just we're in Texas. We as Texans should care about because it affects our quality of water. It affects you know the food that we eat. It it affects. You know, for like us, we all enjoy fly fishing. And if we're in a bad drought year and we have, you know, the aquifers a little bit decreasing and things like that, you know, affecting quality of life, not getting to go out and relax and just be be on the water. I mean, it, it affects a lot more than, than what people think it is. Yeah. So... <laughs> I've <laughs> been trying so hard not yeah. to laugh. Yeah, but it was really hard to say that with a straight face <laughs> yeah. just now, knowing the cat's about to put his, his butthole right in your face. <laughs> we have a visitor. You have, yeah. any, you have anything you want to say, Copper? <laughs> He's making biscuits. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, well, thanks. This is great. It was super informative, and we really appreciate you coming on. And we're very glad we met you at Real Recovery. Oh, yeah. Thanks for reaching out. I will say you reached out to us and said, hey, you you heard about it on the podcast and said, hey, I want to volunteer. Yeah, so. and it, it, it means a lot to me because I went, like, growing up, I've there's been a lot of cancer in my family. So as soon as I saw it, I was like, I, I, just, I just have to yeah. do it. Like, yeah. even, even if I can't do it this year, I, I need to do it as soon as possible. Yeah. No, I'm glad you were so. there. And you, you, I mean, you experienced the weekend. It's, mm-hmm. you can't, it's, just it's hard to explain to other people what exactly it is. Yeah. But. I, yeah. It's just one of those things. It's like when, it's like when people talk about like, uh, what's it like to get your first fish on the fly? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know really how to explain it. It's just awesome. Yeah. But like when, <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah. when you, but when you experience it, you, there's like all these emotions. Cause yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Well, and we appreciate your donation too. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I might I'm sneak happy a to raffle it, to so. get in there. Yeah. So. so win that cichlid wallet. Oh yeah. yeah. It, if it comes out like I want it to, it'll it'll look a lot like my my hat, the remedy provisions where there's that fade into kind of like yeah yeah it's a little abstract but yeah like you kind of figure it out yeah. But if I can't do that, it's going to be very abstract and it may just be black. Or it may be like black, kind of fading to natural leather color. 
oh. and then do some turquoise yeah. kind of just random like a, a, a suggestion. Yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. It's, like go, it's gonna have no, all. That's cool it's too, gonna nice. have all the colors that are there. Yeah. We'll and know the thread. We'll know. Right, more like a theme of yeah. cichlid, but not like. Yeah. See, that's that's yeah. a cool idea too. It doesn't right. have to mirror a cichlid. Just no. if it just has the colors, because well, yeah. it has such unique colors. Like yeah, that, and that's there's nothing else like it. I mean, there's there's the turquoise. There's the yellow. There's that right. deep. Like Bordeaux, almost purple yeah, color in the right, eye. Like purple. Which that'll probably be the thread color. Yeah. The thread Ooh. will probably be because yeah. I have a Bordeaux Ooh. thread and I was looking at my hat and kind of and some photos I have of some fish and I was like, that almost looks exactly yeah. like the color of a cichlid. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's great. So I, I, I really did. I, I loved it. And I've spent a lot of time outside on the water, in the woods. In, on the range in the brush and that that's easily one of my top three times i've spent outside yeah, yeah. awesome well thanks yeah. man we appreciate that we appreciate you coming down or coming yeah. up yeah yeah and uh podcasting with us so yeah. anytime i'm not very far so you want you want some some dumb commentary over anything <laughs> I'm, oh, yeah. I'm always down <laughs> you fit right in man it oh, was yeah. like oh, this was yeah. a this was a wild episode yeah, yeah so. I, I had no idea. Dude, it I don't was even the time remember was, what we talked uh, about. I don't yeah. either. No. Yeah, it got off topic so much there at yeah. the beginning. So that's how it goes. That's how it goes. I mean, I guess well, now. you even said earlier. Well, I know I've listened. I know. Yeah, what goes you know. On. Yeah, goes. yeah. I, I didn't really have any expectations about. I was like, I'll probably have a great time because we had a great time at the real yeah. recovery. Yeah. You threw yourself right in from the beginning too. Some yeah. people kind of like you know they don't say much until it's like towards the end, but. Yeah, I don't want to look at the camera because that yeah, like right. kind of throws yeah, me yeah. off. <laughs> so I'm trying to uh, ignore the camera. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. cool, man. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks everybody for listening. Ironfly, October 21st. October 21st. Be there. Be or there. be square. Right? Oh, Read my mind. Shit. Read my he mind. Said it. Do you guys know why it's be square? No, no. It's because you're not around. Oh, oh shit! Oh my god! I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, right. Blew my mind. Wow. All the things he just told us, that was the one. <laughs> that, 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 that was the one. That, that was mind. the one. Yep. Oh. But yeah, be there. <laughs> or be square. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll catch y'all next week. Adios. Look in the description below to find links to our website, online store, YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Discord server, and blog. Please send your podcast questions and inquiries to info at honeyholeangling.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you again next week. There's not going to be a quiz on all that, is there? No. Okay. You're good.